Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Garth Poole Podcast, episode 23, uh, with guest and um, life partner, <laughs> Susan Cowlishaw. How are you, Sue? I'm very good, actually. You know, I love this time of year. I come alive. You do. You love autumn. We do both love autumn. Yeah. And it changed a lot, though, in the last couple of weeks, because we went out yesterday walking and you could see this massive difference from only the week before. How everything's kind of turned very autumnal, very fast. It was beautiful. It was nice, wasn't it? Mm. But uh, yesterday was, was, where did we go to yesterday? Edil. Lady Bower. Lady Bower Reservoir in, in the Peak District, more accurately, I suppose, the Edil area, or the Peak District. And this place we've become to, um, we've come to love, well, I've certainly come to love it. We've become very fond of it. And, and you, it's not far. You know, it's it's about 30 miles and it takes us about an hour. Mm. It's actually about 40 minutes took us yesterday because there was no traffic at all. And uh, That's because you have us going really early. I like to be off early. The one thing about this time of year is I think it's a very it's a very quiet time is autumn. Certainly the early parts of it because I always find, this is just my observation, and um, is that you tend to have this kind of first two or three weeks of autumn, so from sort of the back end of September up to sort of mid-October. And then all of a sudden, some wind comes. So the trees are a beautiful colour, and there's a massive gale mm. for a couple of days, and all the leaves get blown off. So that's what I'm saying. This is quiet, because it's a very quiet time at the moment. When you're out in the morning early, you've got that kind of silence, which I think is important when you're out, silence. You're not supposed to be silent at that point. <laughs> silence silence works like, when you... Yeah, I like silence inside si- as silence well. Silence works when you walk. It doesn't always work when you're podcasting. No, it doesn't. Sorry. No, don't, don't apologise, don't apologise. It's nice to see you chilled out over there. Thank you. With your new, with the microphone, because I've been giving you the handle microphone the last couple of times, and you weren't happy with that. Well, no, because it takes your focus away. Do you know what? John said the same thing. That's yeah. why that was there, because I did a podcast with John. And, um, You're kind of waving ago. it around, and then you forget to put it in front of your mouth. And yeah, it's poor, poor quality. But we were out yesterday walking, and that's the first time we've probably done a walk, what do we do, about 12 miles? First time when? Since... You were at your knee. No, we did one last week. No, but this is the first like proper, what I call a proper walk. Oh, proper walk. Up and down, you mean? Up, there was plenty of uphill. Because yeah. we went last weekend, but that was pretty much a flat walk. Yeah. A little bit of uphill, but not much. Because you have hurt your knee. And I, wa- I wanted to talk about that. And, you know, you said, how do we make it interesting? Um, and, uh, and I'd say I'm thinking really quickly how we do make it interesting about a damaged knee uh, or a podcast about a damaged knee interesting. But, but I think what is interesting is this ties in with awareness self-awareness and i think this is an important thing for anybody that's looking to become better yeah yes definitely so i think what you've shown since you hurt your knee to where you are now is a lot of self-awareness and i wanted to talk about this because this is one thing that you've you've always been a big kind of advocate of is self-awareness yes i um i had not very much self-awareness when i first hurt it because it didn't hurt that much um, but then I made it hurt worse. One thing that, if you don't listen to the podcast, I don't think me and you have done one for a while, but me and Sue used to do his own podcast, and we've we've kind of just changed our tack slightly where we're going with this podcasting. That's a nice way of saying it. we're not doing it no more. Um, but we will be, I'm sure we'll find some other reason to podcast together in the future. Um, but the one thing you, you may not know about Sue, and I'm going to just enlighten you about, is that she's a yoga teacher. So when I first met Sue, she was always relatively active. She was certainly more active than me and got me into me walking. But then about how many years ago when you got into yoga and started becoming... It's four years ago since I did my teacher training. So four years ago, she taught you, you, you learned to become, or you, you were taught, trained, taught, trained, you were trained to become a yoga teacher. 
And I think the one thing since that point that you've you've certainly brought to me with your knowledge of that is a great understanding of self-awareness from a physical perspective. Mm. Because the, when we think about self-awareness, it's one thing that gets banded around a lot in kind of new age talk, become self-aware, it's all about self-awareness. But, but I think... We, what does that mean? And I think you can split it down into two things. You can talk about being self-aware of who you are as a person on a kind of a emotional, spiritual um, perspective. But there's another big self-awareness, which is the awareness of your body, what it's doing, how it's behaving, what you need to give it, what you don't need to give it. And you've always been big into that. If you are aware and you listen to your body, it will always give you a small message if something is not quite right and if you take no notice of that small message it'll become a bit louder and if you still take no notice of it eventually it will become a problem so noticing it right at the beginning noticing that if you're out of balance in anything or anything has got a bit of a twinge and just taking care of it and making sure it doesn't become a bigger problem you've um you've I mean over lockdown you've done a lot more yoga because Ironically, um, some aspects of the work you did, the business you had, kind of went disappeared overnight, didn't they? As soon yes. as lockdown came in, because yeah. you couldn't be in contact with other people. So clearly, when you're yoga teacher, a class, that's a bit of a problem. But other aspects of your work, as in the online stuff, that really took off. So you, so you went from a stage where you were doing probably what about six or eight lessons a week into sometimes, in some cases, double that amount of, of yeah, yoga a week. especially at the beginning when people were more um, trying to keep their staff motivated and keep them all connected. It was very popular. So you, so you always had this big selling point that, you know, do yoga and don't get injured. And um, <laughs> and, and there you were with an injured knee. So, yeah, so where I didn't get injured from yoga. No, and that's what I want to talk about because I think this is quite significant. You... During lockdown, certainly the first couple of weeks, I'd been running for a while. My running has been something that's been fairly um, consistent through most of the last 12 months. And you never used to run, did you? You didn't use the cardio to that level. You used, nah. to do, you used to walk on a weekend with me. I don't like getting out of breath. Okay, well, no, but I've seen you running and walking. You don't, I don't see you out of breath very often. So you started doing more running. Do you think the running had anything to do with the injury? Do you think that that was something to do with the pressure and the stress you put on your leg? Personally, no, I don't think I did enough of it. Right. And up to me stopping running, I didn't have any issues. As soon as I got the little twinge in my knee, which I noticed on a walk, quite a tough walk we did, especially, and it was coming down, downhill really very steeply, and it was muddy, and it was at the end of a long, quite tiring walk, and I was tired. So once it started to niggle, um, which is all it really was at first. It was like a dull ache. I didn't run. I, I basically stopped doing everything apart from my yoga. So, I mean, you're old enough because you're a bit older than me and I remember it, so you you will remember it. It's when they used to do the, um, what would it be used to in the 80s? Calisthenics? Was it the 80s and 90s, the calisthenics? Yeah, and Zumba aerobics and, and Zumba. Oh, what was the other Step. Step. But yeah. there used to be a thing that people used to say, and I still hear it said now. Which I've never really bought into, and I want, to, I want your view on this is that that wonderful term, no pain, no gain. <laughs> um, what's your views on that, Susan, as a yoga teacher and uh, on a student of life? Do you do you buy into that philosophy of no pain, no gain? I think the word pain is probably not the correct word. Who wants to be in pain? 
I think when we challenge ourselves to do something that we are wanting to improve with, there's going to be some uncomfortableness, definitely. Um, and not pain. No, the thing about yoga is we move very slowly so you can feel if anything's not quite right. Yeah. Whereas when you're running, usually by the time you've, you've caused any kind of injury, it's too late. It's funny, everybody, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, as you are, we're both on that Strava and... I do like Strava because I think it's a great encouragement for people to go out and do exercise um, in, from the running variety anyway. And I know Strava is not just for running. You can put walking on there and cycling. And I think initially it was set up for running and cycling. But the one thing I've noticed, so all the people I know that I would class as runners, you know, people that that's their sport, that's what they do. Um, every single one of them, male and female this year, have had to take time off through injury. It's easy to injure yourself, especially as you get older. Yeah. Um, but all you have to do is, is put your foot down wrong and for your knee, knee to shear off to one side or for you to go over onto your ankle and you've got something that can literally take six to eight weeks to heal. But the, the issue is then people ignore it like I did at the beginning. Well, that's, that's, what, that's really what I wanted to get into next because I suppose we need to be clear. I've said this before on podcasts about myself and I, and I know Sue's probably... Well, I'm not going to talk for you. You can answer this yes or no yourself. I took up the concept of going out and running because I wanted to improve my walking capacity. Mm. You were a lot stronger walker than me, so I used to go out running so I would be able to keep up with you going uphill. Yes. So I, I don't run. I, I would never class myself as a runner. I, I run to improve my walk, and I always think my primary pastime and sport, the thing I enjoy doing, is, is hill walking. Mm. So w with somebody like you who... You went out to, to do some cardio because you'd stopped going to the gym because of the, the lockdown, didn't you? Yeah, and, and I, in all fairness, I didn't do any cardio. So I looked at lockdown as um, an opportunity to, to do a little bit of running. And we bought your watch? I got a Garmin watch, yes. You got your little Garmin watch as a treat for having one year, no beer, or no <laughs> wine or anything. So one year of complete sobriety. So um, you must be on a few hundred more days than that now, are you? 502. Goodness me, you've flown on. Well done, you. I think what I think what I found interesting through this was how you started running and very quickly you, you, because you were fit already you'd got this cardio capacity because of walking you did. Mm. You you were very quickly. I bet you might have been doing it for nearly two years, and, and I'm, I'm still not a brilliant runner at all. Um, I don't go very far, but you very quickly had got to a stage where your body could go as quickly as me. You could keep up with my pace, and in some cases quicker than me. So do you think the cardio that you that you got and the, the finish you've got came from? Has that come primarily from your yoga? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm saying I didn't do any cardio. We do a lot of flows in yoga, especially when I'm teaching in gyms, which do raise your heart rate quite a lot. And you did your weight training. So again, yeah, a lot of people will does... have you told, especially bodybuilders, that cardio is a waste of time. And, and actually you get your cardio and your heart develops by lifting heavier weight. Well, yes, that is true. Quite often when I was lifting weights, my heart would be beating a lot faster. So yeah, clearly there is some cardio there. So, you, so you've been out, you, you know, you've, you, you're doing your yoga, so you're nice and flexible. And, you, you know, you did a bit of running and you were quick at that. We were keeping going with his walking because we, we, we got to a really good level with his walking this year. And, yes, and both of are. us have. And then all of a sudden you had this injury. You knew it was coming on. Hmm. How did that make you feel when you realised now, despite all the stuff you tried to do, you, you clearly <laughs> hurt yourself? Looking back, I was very foolish, but at the same time, I wouldn't do it any different because I'd committed myself to a couple of challenging walks. And you know for what reasons that I wouldn't have not done. 
because they were for other people. The first couple of weeks, my knee was just a horrible, dull ache. And then after I went back to walking, it became very, very painful very quickly. And, and then I had another week and I did some more walking and I was virtually, I could hardly walk. The pain was really bad. So, so you're back to this awareness of body because I think certainly I, I have one thing that I have trouble with awareness of when it comes to the body and that is food mm. because I, I start eating and, and I literally at times can't stop. And I mean, you know, and, and, and it's become quite, I suppose, comical. Um, I mean, your daughter mentioned it to us, you know, you'd never, she's never met anybody who could eat as much as me. And I'm not a big lad. It's not like I'm chubby. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm slim and I'm tall. So there's a lot of me in some ways from a volume perspective. But not something to expect to eat the quantities I do, and I don't have the ability to, to listen to those messages sometimes when I'm eating and stop. It's about slowing down because even though my knee hurt, because I'd never had an injury, I wasn't aware of the different stages it went through. So it did start to feel a little bit better. So then I just went full blast onto what I'd been doing before, before it had healed completely. So then what I did was I I tore the tendon. The tendon had been stretched and then I tore it, which was a different thing altogether. I couldn't do anything, literally. Well, I, I, I mean, I've known you for, what, eight years now, then, then mm. about? And the fact that you were injured, I've, I've never known you injured before. You, you, once, you had a bit of an issue with your back once, which lasted a couple of days. Mm. Um, but you've never been injured to that, to that extent. And actually, I found it very challenging to sort of keep you from doing anything. Because we did that, we did a couple of walks, which we kind of, we knew you weren't great on. I mean, the one with your mother is probably the one that was the, the one that we couldn't really not do. No. We'd agreed to do the Penang Way with your mum because she wanted to finish the Penang Way off, and that's a big deal for her. So we kind of committed to that from a, an emotional perspective. We wanted to help your mum; it yes. was important to us. But also, we'd we'd thrown some dollar in and booked a hotel, <laughs> and actually, because of COVID, that that really ended up being one of our only two weekends away this year. Yes, and and I, I I didn't feel I didn't want to back out of it. No way. I just put my knee support on, took loads of um, painkillers, and iced it down. Looked after it the best way I can, and then it started to improve a little bit during the week. But then we went away for the weekend, and it was it was another weekend we'd booked and we went camping. And I wouldn't say that was a particularly challenging walk, but it ended up being a long walk. And towards the end of the walk, my knee was very painful. Well, they were long because the one thing about anything you do is when you become slower at it, so like you become slower at your walking, the time jumps out because we normally walk about 20 minutes for each mile we do. And that's pretty consistent. Now, up and downhill, we'll average 20 minutes a mile. And that had to move to 30. So all of a sudden, even if you do, you know, five miles, you're out for an, another chunk of time. And I think when you're doing something, it's not always the, the, the intensity you're doing it that's difficult. It's the time you're doing it. Because well, that's one that, thing. We... That's because that was a long walk. I was okay for about 15 miles. Yeah, yeah. And then, and we cut it short by We got it to 20. Miles. And I think it, it should have been 22 or 24. But what, what was interesting, when I, and I see this with people, this again is about awareness of body, is when people agree to sort of a longer challenge, like, if you think about it, if somebody says we're going to do a 26-mile walk, because we did this a couple of years ago, we did um, a walk, and uh, your your sister's um, husband came along, and he, he's not used to walking um, as such. He can walk, he's not an unfit fella. But the amount of time he had to spend on his feet, by the time he'd been on his feet 
eight, nine hours. It's too much. Mm. And, it, and it has an effect on you. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not listening to what our body's telling us, you know, we, we, we line ourselves up for trouble. So I, I think with you, the, the challenge was to get you from being, literally, before we went on that walk with your mother, two days before, you couldn't stand up on it. No, I And I had, I had every, if I'm honest, I had every expectation to be doing that walk with your mother alone. I thought, because she, she can't not do it. I had this kind of picture of you sat in some scabby bed and breakfast in uh, Kirk Yetham, you know, watching... <laughs> and it was far what, from scabby. It was far from scabby. But sort of watching breakfast TV and doing a bit of shopping in, in mm. Kelso, where it was close by. Do you think do you think people ignore these pains? Do you think it's because they are is it an ego does ego kick in? Definitely. You don't want to um you want you don't want to feel weak and you don't want to be injured and it's yeah, you don't really want to feel that way, so I can understand why people ignore it. Um but the thing is it doesn't go away. It just will keep coming back until you're forced to stop. So isn't it funny how in in life we we tend to we tend to put people on pedestals that have big egos and that that push through the pain or no gain kind of thing. There's a guy on um, <laughs> you know I'm going to say earlier. Careful. Uh, what? <laughs> no, there's a, there's a guy on um, Instagram, David Goggins, and David Goggins is one of these kind of he's an ex marine or well, seal I think sorry seal like a navy seal in america and he's always talking about that you know i went through the pain he swears a lot i'm gonna do what he does because he swears a lot um but when you look at people like that we kind of revere people that are kind of that push on through that keep it going when it's hard and blah 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 but the reality of the situation is if you don't listen to your body it will stop you and and i think with you you came close to that i think that walk with your mother kind of you got away with that but i think the weekend after when we went walking that that maybe looking back was a little bit too much of a yes it a was. push it and was. you know we could have we could have camped there. The, the problem was it was absolutely tonking Raining. down. So it's not like you could have had a pleasant day sat by a river somewhere, you know, dipping your feet in a pool or something because it was horrible. Um, ironically, that day ended up turning out to be very nice. At the end of it, we didn't expect it. It was not a bad weekend at all. Listening to your body's perspective, how does that tie in with your, your yoga practice? Because the one thing I've always been interested in with you, and we talk about this, but I wanted you to, t- I want the listeners to hear about this, is you talk about the philosophy of yoga. And it's not just about the touching the toes and, and the the moves, or as Sue would call them, asanas. Have I got that right? Mm-hmm. Asana. Asana. Asana, asana. asana you say asana. tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> it's not just about the moves. We think of yoga and think, oh, that's somebody doing downward dog, touching the toes, stretching. But actually, that's only one aspect of yoga, isn't it? Oh, definitely. There's another seven, what they call limbs, seven limbs of yoga. Mm. So within your seven limbs of yoga... And they all have different names, so I'm not going to ask you to go through them all, but is there one particular limb of yoga that would cover off listening to your body? What would that kind of fall into? It would be um, maybe one of the yamas, which are more like, um, you know, you've got truth and non-stealing and non-violence, um, that kind of thing. So, look, so, So when something is not right and you ignore it and carry on, you're basically not caring for yourself. You're not being truthful. You probably could be stealing from yourself. You might be stealing some time or some health. I'm fascinated by these seven limbs, or the eight limbs, should I say, because I see a lot of people, that, 
that we both know, um, but certainly are people that I observe that would class themselves as very yogic. I'm very yogic. But they don't understand anything about the other seven limbs of yoga. And what I, what I see with this practice that you have with these, these eight limbs of yoga in their entirety is it gives you a complete blueprint for how to live your life. It does. It's kind of like, you know, any spiritual text or any religious text, they all basically say the same things. It's just written in a different way. And I like the, I like the eight limbs because they're not religious specific. They can kind of be taken on well, by Well, the philosophies are then. I think anything's that way. And I think it's the one thing I want to bring more into my podcast is to talk about the fact that maybe what you think about spirituality is not what you think. It's not what you think it is. It's what you've been led to believe it is, and we need to change that attitude. Because there's one of them which is non-attachment. I like that So I suppose if you were attached to an outcome, say you were doing a marathon and you were attached to doing that marathon and finishing that marathon, but you had an injury, but you still went and did it, you're attached to the end result more than you're attached to anything else, really. So then it becomes big and it overtakes everything else and... um, then you get mixed messages and you can end up making choices which are not the best sometimes. So we were walking, last weekend we did um, a walk around Todmorden mm-hmm. and that was pretty flat because it was around some reservoirs. But we had to get up to the reservoir, so there was a little bit of uphill and down, but not much. And then yesterday's um, was very different. And again, I think yesterday we had the advantage because sometimes when you're going back into to, to your walking or your training, or do, let's say you're injured and you're aware that your body needs to rest, so you've rested it, the one thing you sometimes can't do is go back to the same pace and standard you were before the injury. No, you've got to ease yourself yeah. back into it. So when we walked with your mother, she's a lot slower walker than us too, mm. so we knew we had to keep to about 30 minutes for each mile on that. And yesterday we, we went walking, we had your grandson with us, and yes. he kind of slowed us down. Yeah, he's only eight. Oh, he went happy, was he? Yeah, he, he had a big sulk on for the first but five I, miles. I think you're right. I think he was cold. You were cold with the boy. I mean, <laughs> were, the thing is, we, we were sat there in kind of pretty much warm weather, tip-top gear. I mean, the, the, the gear we wear is pretty bloody good. Um, and he was there in some kind of pair of sweatpants <laughs> and, and a bit of a, a bit of a puffer jacket. Near gloves, near hat. Nope. But just again, yesterday, I, I with him, I, the awareness of the body... When we put ourselves into certain situations, it becomes more acute. So, you know, we, we all talk about being cool or you might be warm or cold, but when you go into extreme heat or cold, it's very, very difficult to ignore that message that you are cold, isn't it? Yeah, because you, uh, that, that's another ego thing. You, you know, we kind of feel like a bit of a failure if there's something not quite right. Um, but yesterday was a great uh, lesson in patience as well. There's also a lesson in the fact that with somebody like um, Rafa, even at his age, you know, he's, he's got to start to consider now that if there's something that's, that's uncomfortable, he's not feeling physically well, he's got to be able to give voice to that. Because mm. he was clearly getting cold without saying he was getting cold. No, he said he had a sore Achilles. He met his, Achilles, where'd that come from? He's listed <laughs> to footballers. So again, I think it's something we can encourage in our children and people around us just to be more aware of what's going on in the body. Right, I mean, you must know this because it's very coachy, um, and we've all done it, um, especially when it comes to some of the work we've done in the last three or four years, is how you can do a body scan. So yeah. you can kind of scan your body for where you might feel tension. You do this in yoga, I know you do I that do. in yoga. So sometimes just, just having that bit of time to sit back and say, right, where am I feeling the tension? What is that ache or pain? How is it manifesting itself? 
Because I think sometimes you can have mixed messages about what you're actually feeling. Like sometimes, I know I've done it. I've woken up in the morning before I've gone running and I've had a pain in my leg or a pain in my knee or a pain in my foot. I'm switched on enough now to know that that's sometimes a bit of stiffness. Mm. That actually after a few minutes out running or walking, it eases off. So getting attuned with this kind of body's kind of what's going on right now, what am I feeling? Because we talk about this sometimes in most people say, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going on? I say that a lot to you. What are you thinking? Um, your awareness of this injury and also the knowledge you've got about healing through your yoga and also through the years you spent doing kind of physical exercise and coaching yourself, even with that knowledge, the one thing you couldn't make any shot was the time it's taken. Because this has been what now? Six weeks? Um, it will be eight weeks. Is it eight weeks? Mm-hmm. And... Has, has, frustra- has any frustration kicked in? Have you felt yourself at times wanting to do more than what you were doing? Have well, you had to fight that? At first, I, I did ignore it a little bit. And I was like, oh, my knee's aching, my knee's aching. It's still aching. When's it going to get better? And then when I bust it properly and it was really painful, I um, I kind of just sat back with it and thought, there's not a lot I can do. I knew I had to rest it and I knew I had to keep it moving as well, as in doing some physio on it so I just looked after it and I really focused on it and I was patient and the idea of the walk yesterday the test was this morning and luckily this morning I don't have any it's not I mean it's not 100% but it wasn't 100% yesterday I haven't done any damage by walking on it yesterday no and I think what I, what I observed with you yesterday was the bits that I thought you would find challenging coming downhill, you did find more challenging. Yeah, I really slowed down. So it's the down. downhill, but you just slowed down, you took your time. I think that's a good a good message for you listening. If if you do suffer from something, then you feel you've got some impingement. And, you know, we're talking about physical awareness here, but it's in any kind of awareness. It, it behooves you to slow down and think about, is this action I'm taking going to improve this situation or make it worse? So I think with an injury that's physical, you have to understand that it's going to take time and you you did some research you went online didn't even did you go to a doctor's i went um to, to a, a walking center you couldn't walk into you can't walk into them anymore so did you have to ring them up i had to ring them up outside so they call it a ringing center <laughs> and um and then a doctor phoned me back and went through it all and kind of agreed because i'd already googled it anyway that i i had a torn tendon basically said ibuprofen i sit down rest but keep it moving do some movement, and um, that's what I did. So there's something there about taking advice from other people. If you if you feel like something's not right, start to look at it straight away. Because, like Raf getting cold, you know, there's every chance you're not going to get any any warmer. So you know you are going to get cold, and that can have implications when you're walking. With your knee, it wasn't going to get any better. And I think sometimes I know from my experience, sometimes we ignore those little signs. We do. So we, we ignore the little sign, like like I said with the food. I can I can recognise the signs I'm eating a bit too much. But I tend to ignore them because I think, oh, I like this plate, <laughs> plate of potatoes Sue's cooked for me and, and whatever. But ignoring the signs is a, is, a, is a poor strategy. It doesn't make any sense because the minute you recognise something, you do something about it, then, you know, that may mean stopping. Um, that's why it's important. That's what I like about yoga and what we learn in yoga is about slowing down because you miss messages, you miss a lot of things when you're fast-paced and when you're distracted and you're busy, 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 you miss so many things. So slowing down gives you time to become more aware and to really, you know, understand what's going on. We need time reflection. I mean, I, I did 
the podcast, my last podcast was about my sort of observations of time off the internet and, and giving myself one full day to slow right down and just to, to, to reflect and think was massively powerful. And did it feel uncomfortable at first? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't want to go on too much. I've talked about this previously, but I will say it didn't feel, no, it didn't feel uncomfortable at all. In fact, it felt, it felt natural. It, it's, it's funny when you find a pace that suits you. What I, what I found when I was exercising and running was if I spent my time from an egotistical perspective looking at Strava, and I see people doing like 7.49 a mile and, you know, 7.5 minutes, 7 minutes, 5 seconds for a mile. I think I want to do that. But I have no understanding really of what the person who's doing that has done to get to that point. Mm. So what I ended up finding was when I went out and tried to run too fast because I thought, oh, I want to try to compete with these people, I used to find this, the position uncomfortable. I think you said it earlier about the no pain, no gain, but things will feel uncomfortable. I tend to run at a pace now that's just uncomfortable enough to know that I'm putting effort in, but it's not too much to know I'm hurting myself. And I can get nowhere near these people's times. But what's happened is eventually you get a little bit slower and you find your pace is what I'm saying. So to go into what I was talking with you with just the question you asked, I actually enjoyed the pace of not having the internet. I found I slowed right down and that pace suited me because although I slowed down as in I wasn't using the internet, slowing down actually allowed me to speed up sometimes. Because I did a lot of work with a pen and paper, which I don't very, you know, I don't spend a lot of time reading, especially. I found now that I'm starting to feel a better sense of pace for myself. And also, the one thing it's brought out is the chance, is my view now that I want to talk about different things on these podcasts. That's why I want to talk to you today. One is you're here, you're very available. But the other thing is I want to start off talking specifically today about your injury and I've had to deal with that. And we'll, we'll finish that off before the end of the podcast as to where you are now with it. But also to, to bring in some of the other stuff that, that's relevant to you. Because people say, oh, she's a yoga teacher, she's, she walks. But there's so much more behind that that you do. Because you found a pace that suits you. And with that pace comes the way you think, the attitude you have. And for me, being away from the internet allowed me to realise I spent a lot of time distracted by the internet. And away from things that I know knew brought me peace and brought me comfort and brought me um, that feeling of fulfillment that allows you to be more productive mm. do you know what i mean so some of the books that i used to read i don't read anymore i don't know why because i stopped reading them books because a bit of me saying i don't want to read them books anymore i want to be growing a business and i want to know how the internet works and i want to know how to use facebook and how do i do this and I, all of a sudden i'm taking myself away from what, what's important to me because i'm chasing something that that i believe i want mm. and ironically like you with your with your with your walking You've actually gone to a stage now where you didn't have to stop walking completely. We had a couple of weeks off that you took, but actually all we did is we slowed down. Yeah, I just went out for two or three miles probably just every little, other yeah. day, just a stroll. Just a stroll. So you go, you go back to this, this thing where doing that, although that seems slow, has probably allowed you to heal quicker than doing nothing at all or going out and doing what could have been even worse, which is the exercising and doing more walking on a knee that was clearly snookered mm. so we did that walk this weekend and i think next weekend we've talked about doing a potential fell run a bit of fell running yeah i like the idea of that only because i like the gear that you wear well i think we're gonna we're gonna look next i think next weekend is probably gonna be a weekend where we we've walked with some people for the last few weekends um and we've we've been with your mother as well we haven't really had a weekend to ourselves for a while no we have not so i think it's a weekend where we're gonna leave ourselves open to what we're doing make no plans 
Um, and again, that's part of feeling into yourself because, you know, I get the sense at the moment we're just ready for a bit of a different pace, you know. Um, autumn's here, it's a time we both love. And the chance to maybe get out next weekend. You're doing a bit of work on Saturday anyway. You, you've got a couple of clients. Nice. And then on the Sunday, that idea of, well, we might walk, we might run. We might go out, we might stay in. And that's part of understanding more about what your body needs because I think now we do need to slow down, have a, have a, have a weekend of rest. And, and recognizing that, taking time to rest, is the same as looking at injury. You know, if you don't if you don't recognize your body needs rest and you push on through that, you're going to end up being overtired and injure yourself in different ways. Sometimes emotionally, mentally, you can injure yourself by doing too much. That's what um, a lot of people don't understand, and it's what I say when I, we do um, shavasana at the end. We're so busy doing, we don't have time to be. And then so you're causing an imbalance. If you're just doing, doing, doing without resting, you don't have that balance. And you balance the balance, like in, balancing everything is just really important for keeping you grounded and for keeping you, your well-being as well. So the resting I used to struggle with, as you know, um, I've had to really slow down and rest. I used to, do you know what, this sounds really daft. I used to think if I slowed down... I'd put on weight. It's not silly at all. And as I slowed down, I realised I didn't. <laughs> but that's what used to bother me. I used to think if I slow down and I don't do anything, because I was going from doing loads to doing nothing, you know, I didn't think of anything in between. I was bothered. So that's, again, ego that I was going to put weight on. Well, you say ego. I mean, the, one of the things that I've start to make a decision to do more of is, is to talk more about what I believe which is I didn't mention this last podcast I'm not going to repeat it all I will say is it's this idea of the stories we tell ourselves if you don't if you haven't listened to the last episode you should it talks about my kind of coming to a decision on what really if I was asked to put together what I've learned in the last 50 years of life and also working business personal development and NLP what I've learned but it's to do with stories we tell ourselves that's a story tell yourself that if I slow down I'll get fat. And that you mm. believe that story. Well, I didn't say that word. I thought I might put on some weight. All right, but the fact is that was a story you told yourself. And with any story we tell ourselves, it may or may not be true. And and, and sometimes the truth in it is made by us. You know, you believe that. I, I used to believe that... The one thing I, I've had to let go this week was this belief about weight myself because I always used to have a certain weight I could keep to. And it was um, 11 stone. I used to like to be 11 stone. And if I'm honest, it used to be like 10 stone something because from a kind of a, a looking at it perspective, 10 stone something sounds better than 11 stone one. So 10 stone 13 looks a lot better than 11 for me personally. And I thought, what is this information based on that you want to keep to 11 stone? Everybody told you you looked a bit thin. I knew myself I looked a bit thin, but I thought, oh, you know, it's healthy. Since I've put some weight on and I've put about a stone on that because I realised I wasn't sitting well, I was having to fight to keep to that weight. You were chimpy as well. I didn't. Well, I, I wasn't. And, and funny, yesterday was the first time I realised going out yesterday it was much cooler than normal. And I didn't feel cold. Not even my hands were that cold yesterday. Because when I'm low in weight, I have no body fat. I get really cold. And we suffered from that a couple of years ago, if you remember. You were skinny as oh, and I'd gone down to about <laughs> 10 stone 5. Trust <laughs> me. You know, every time there were a bit of a breeze, we'd be frozen. You know, frozen. And we, we just couldn't keep warm. So I've had to change the story I told myself around that and not say, you know, oh, you must be 11 stone. So actually, I'm comfortable at 12. I'm also aware sometimes we tell ourselves stories to justify the bullshit we're doing. So mm. I don't want that story of you're okay a bit more weight on to allow me to just eat shit. So 
I was looking back, I thought, you're not eating a lot of rubbish. You just did a lot more kind of carbohydrates recently. You know, you did more bread, you did a bit more rice. Um, I think the stories we tell ourselves are important because we we don't know the true or not true until they're, they're explained to us. So when you think about saying that now, even on a podcast, you know, I used to think if I stopped doing something, I would put weight on. Most people would know that's quite ridiculous. You probably know it's quite ridiculous. Now you know that, but at the time you would have believed it. Mm, I was worried. You were worried. You didn't yeah. need to be. I've never known, since all the time I've known, you've never been anything but um, slender. Um, you know, the thing about your knee for me, it has, it has taught me something, which is to have patience. I've built a lot more patience myself this last few years, especially the last 12 months. I think my patience is really, because I've worked on it. But allowing yourself that time and realizing it's going to take eight weeks. Once you knew that, I think everything else allowed was everything was allowed to happen because we knew the kind of walks you could or could not do. You know, at any point as well, we're ready if we need to to say, look, we've gone too far, too fast, too hard. We have to back down a little bit. But I think you've been really sensible with it. I think again, that's testimony to your beliefs around personally understanding your self awareness. You have to sometimes just get to a point where you think, just get your head down, get on with it, and just be patient. And it goes for such a lot of things as well. You know, it's all right saying, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to wait for that, it's raining, I want to go out and do this. You know, sometimes things are what they are and just go with the flow. Go with the flow. Instead of fighting it and wishing things were different, just accept what is. That's a very... um... That's a very Buddhist um, belief in it. Because they have this thing that all pain comes from, what is it? Resisting change. Res- um, not, all, all pain comes from not accepting what is. Ah. So if you accept what is, then there's nothing to feel stressed about. You just accept what it is. It's much harder said than done, which is why it takes them boys with the bald heads and the yellow smocks on or it's humming all day long. I'm sure they're more than that. It takes them so long to become enlightened, as they would call it. I think we're all on a journey of enlightening ourselves to learning more about ourselves and being ourselves properly. And I think if you are more aware of yourself physically, it's then easy to become more aware of yourself emotionally. And it is self-awareness when you think about it. The reason you have healed like you have is because of the self-awareness. The reason people end up becoming very unfit is lack of self-awareness. Because I've taken, I took a week off last week of running. Um, and I just felt there was more important things that week than running because it, it had become a distraction and although it looked like a distraction that looked like it was very positive oh is that running on the morning it would distract me from the fact i needed to do this deep i needed to take some time away to kind of re- review where i were going um with my work and i and i felt last week taking that time off allowed me to do that now if i'm still not doing that this week and next week and beyond well then i've used it as an excuse to stop doing something which i don't believe i have i think i'm honest enough with myself to know why i've done it and I'll be out, certainly if I'm not running, I'll be walking tomorrow morning. Your knee's better. Do you think that your yoga and being more flexible has helped that heal quicker? And your health, the level you had before you injured yourself has helped you to get through your injury quicker? It's difficult to say because I've never had an injury before. I was aware when I was when I was teaching yoga that I had a lot less <coughs> range in that in that side of my body so I just didn't push it I was very gentle with it and I didn't force it into places it didn't want to go Um, I do feel that yoga keeps you very balanced and very strong and very flexible 
And so I would imagine that if you've got any kind of injury, depending on your your fitness beforehand, would dictate how quickly you're going to get better. Excellent. Because really, I probably would have been better in about two or three weeks if I hadn't have pushed it. Yeah. So that's Sue's top tip, really, isn't it? The minute you know you've hurt yourself, mm. deal with it immediately. You know, even Sue, with all that awareness and fitness, you know, probably pushed it a bit too fast. So from being two or three weeks, it's been eight. Yeah. But you've sat down, you've done your stuff, you've had your little knees, you're icing your ice up on, on your knee up on the morning. Yep, taking my ibuprofen. I haven't done for a few days. I haven't iced it down for a few days because it does feel like it's healing. I still can't kneel back on it, but I can get, I can kneel back with a cushion underneath. And it's just been very slow. I think a lot of these people like when my mum, uh, she tore a tendon in her ankle. I mean, she couldn't walk at all for a f- two weeks. She had a wheelchair. Um, you can't rush it. You can't rush it. So if you do, do, do become aware of this awareness of, of yourself and, and rather than just being something you read or you might hear about, you know, make it something real because self-awareness on all aspects of your being, not just your, your, your physical being, but your mental, emotional being, is really important. And I think the minute people, the minute people understand the importance of self-awareness is, the, is one big step forward in your evolution as a person because we learn... We learn more about ourselves by being being self-aware. Sometimes it's a painful process because sometimes we have to slow down and stop. And even sometimes through self-awareness, you might learn something about yourself you didn't really want to know. Um, but it's all good learning if you use it in the right way. So listen to them small signs and make sure they don't become big signs. So hopefully next weekend, like I say, we're open up to maybe going running, maybe going a little bit of a jog. Yeah. We'll see. But again, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll play that by you. And uh, yeah. Well, thanks for being on, Sue. You're welcome. Appreciate that. My pleasure. And um, thank you for listening. Any questions about what we've talked about, you can drop me a line at garethboot.com. Contact me page there. I'll answer any questions. Or if you have a question for Sue, I'll pass it on to her. And check it out as well if you go to sjcyoga.com. Or if you search on um, Facebook for SJC Yoga, you'll find her page there and on her webpage if you go to sjc.com. She's a great little yoga teacher doing online classes. So no matter where you're in the world, you can join her online classes. <laughs> and you can get flexible. And um, flexible and what's the other Awesome. Flexible and awesome. That's what she offers. Awesomely flexible. Awesomely flexible. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks again, Sue. And until the next podcast, take care. Bye-bye.